Imagine a life lived in a place you were sent because your mind was deemed unhealthy. You may have simply had menopausal symptoms, but no one understood this, and they didn't think it had anything to do with your quote-unquote violent mood swings. You may have had a family who sent you there because your behavior reflected badly on them, or they just didn't know how to handle you. Or you had no family to begin with. Of course, it's possible you asked for help, you asked to be there, but no one ever came to visit. You were a dirty little secret. You endured long days and lonely nights doing the same thing day after day, although if you were one of the lucky ones, you got to participate in the occupational therapy where you could make friends with the gentle giant cows that you milked. Oh, sweet, unpasteurized milk. You had a magnificent view of the snow-capped cascades, and you listened to the beautiful babbling Hanson Creek that ran through the property. You watched the birds flit about. You ate wild strawberries, and there were copious blackberry thickets. There was even a cannery on the land. Sounds like a little slice of heaven. Pure bliss. But to gain this, you might have had to take the medicine that dulled your brain and your emotions so much that you didn't really appreciate these things anyway. Or you might have been one of those who had to fight the screams and try not to kick and fight or wet yourself when you were strapped down and the rubber bit was placed in your mouth and then you wet yourself anyway as electric fire shocked through your temples, down your body and out your limbs. A lobotomy might have been nicer. You almost envied those people. They didn't seem to have a care in the world anymore. Even the building where your little room was was beautiful. Something out of another country, another world. But you didn't get to see it from the outside as much as you would have liked. Every day, the same, until you died. No one came. No one collected you. The employees tried. They tried to mourn you. They tried to do right by you. But you might have been cremated and placed somewhere. You might have been buried in a makeshift coffin, weighted with bricks, so it wouldn't rise up in the soupy, swampy area of land where you were buried. Or you were found later in a tin can after the official state services were stopped. Rows and rows of tin cans, murmuring ashes, the ghosts, some of them you knew, some you had envied, some you never met. You were now trapped for eternity in the muck. No name, just a number. Oh, they tried. Later, they, they tried to do right by you and the other approximately 1,500 other patients who died there. But they don't know who you are, who you were, not even how you died. Now, people come and go, the few who know about the place, or rather, 
they heard about it somewhere and so maybe they sought it out. They don't always know about you though, just the pretty if empty and aging buildings and the stories, some that might be exaggerated, might not even be true. They don't often come to the swampy land of you and your legion of dead. There's no one to speak for you. No one knows you exist. No one can hear you. And you have one simple, burning desire, a wish. Remember me. See me. Hear me. Talk to me. Please don't forget me. Hello and welcome to the mini pod of the Pinkie Pod. Pupau. And now straight away I want to tell you that this one is a little different. Usually when I do these mini episodes, I have chosen one to maybe three stories, other people's stories, and I pretty much just read them. I don't research them like my main episodes. I tend to read a lot of it, you know, verbatim, giving credit, of course. They're ghost stories, UFOs, whatever. But this one is not like that. This one is personal, sort of. I want you to know that everything you heard before the little intro music is 100% me. Those were my words. I wrote that right before I recorded. And though, yes, it obviously is kind of a dramatization that doesn't make it false. So what prompted all this is that I went on a little day trip with my fiance yesterday to a place that, and I say yesterday, I'm recording this right before I'm going to give it to you. So this is Friday, April 16th. So literally yesterday, we went to a place that I have first heard about I don't know how many years ago, because I'm going to look up the old episode, but if you remember or know about Ghost Hunters Taps, you know, the Roto-Rooter guys, right? Grant and uh, Jason. I think that was one of the first ones I got really hooked on. I liked how they went to people's houses, you know, and they tried to help them. But I remember at one point that they had come to Seattle, which is where I live. They'd gone on the underground tour, but they also went to a place called Northern State Mental Hospital or Asylum. And that's kind of been stuck in the back of my mind for a few years. And I I would think on and off like, oh, I should really go out there. And I don't know why. I just, up until yesterday, I hadn't. And um, I'm actually glad I waited till yesterday because I got to take my man with me and he had never been there either. So, So we both got to discover it. But I had in my memory a couple of, specific things about that episode and one was that what I remembered was this spooky creepy really broke down looking building you know which I'll get to this later but I think might have been done for effect well I mean they probably only showed part of it and it was in the dark so or my memory is a little shoddy but 
let's just say it wasn't what I expected when I got there. And the other thing I remembered was that they had video of a, a rather tall shadow person that they had set a stationary camera in the hallway, and there's long hallways in this place, that they found in the evidence when they reviewed it later. And I kind of remember at the time going, holy shit, that looks really legitimate, you know. Um, it was pretty creepy. So finally went yesterday. And it, it wasn't at night, though. It was actually a very, very warm, 70-some degree, very bright, 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 sunny day. And I will direct you to my Instagram probably more than once because I did upload videos and pictures. Um, and it's pinky underscore podcast if you want to see those and it is now labeled northern hospital recreational area there's over a thousand acres and uh, several hundreds of it or most of it were actually set aside as like there's a disc golf there's some picnic tables and somehow that's kind of amusing to me when you consider the rest of the place and yet after you tour it it kind of makes a weird sort of sense and and it is beautiful it actually is a very beautiful property but right off the bat it was not what I expected okay so you come in and there's this nice little parking area bathrooms yada yada and you can either get a little map or just follow the road around the first thing that you see you park and you start to follow one of the roads little gravelly sort of walkways as you come up to the barns the where they had the dairy cattle uh, I think they were concrete wooden wooden on top again at my Instagram you can see these things I'll remind you what it is later and there really are just massive thickets of uh, their blackberries. I wasn't sure at the time if it was raspberry or blackberry, but you know, thorns. And the way they're rolled up, the way they're, obviously somebody has to keep control of these grounds because if you know anything about wild berries, they will just consume a, an area. So clearly, you know, the grounds are kept. The first thing that kind of struck me was like, this looks like its own type of barbed wire. I mean, they're all cur curved up like that too. You'll see. But I was like, oh wow, that's interesting. And then you come up on these buildings and they're still kind of yellow and white and there's a lot of graffiti around. Some of it is exceptionally questionable. I don't know what it is with people and their need to mark everything and be so juvenile about it, but <laughs> whatever. I want to tell you straight away that I did not find it creepy. I could totally imagine that night falls, some of the buildings are still very sound. I mean, you can tell that they're old, but if you peek in them, they're like, oh, this, this probably is not dangerous. And then other ones, like the roof has totally caved in. In fact, there's a really funny one with a bit of graffiti that is like the most clever graffiti I've personally ever seen. Again, go to my in Instagram pinky underscore podcast um, that one was definitely dangerous but you know we're walking around and I just not feel I'm like you know this feels kind of pleasant I mean there was nothing there's a beautiful view of the Cascade Mountains and there was in fact recently a little bit of snow so there's which is not unusual 
up in that elevation. So on, on the black silhouettes of the mountains, you know, little white caps on the top. I could picture that having been a very pleasant place to, to do the occupational therapy. And we wandered around that. And then we were taking, you know, following along and, and you can see some other stuff. It's very spread out, like another old barn somewhere past a picnic table, past some of the disc golf holes. You know, I'm explaining that to him because he didn't know what disc golf was. And we come upon a little, a, a much tinier building. And that is the first place that I had any sort of sensitivity. Um, well, let me put it this way, okay? Typically, I might be the person, I, I think I am asensitive in some respects, or I, I've heard the word clairsentient. I, I would be the person least likely to be the first one to walk up to something that I'm getting vibes from, especially if I have somebody with me who I can be like, you go first. And I've got my strapping, handsome, six foot two, you know, guy that could totally be, <laughs> totally be my shield, right? So there's this little building, and this one had, I don't know, three or four little steps. And I have a video of this one. It really super covered in graffiti. Some of it really bizarre. A couple things kind of pretty. Um, I actually walked right up to that one myself to look inside because Mother Nature is just about to swallow this thing whole. It's amazing. Uh, I wasn't scared of it, you know. There's the the blackberries and other things just busting up through the inside and coming down through the roof which has been caved in obviously you don't want to climb inside there i think it would be dangerous and it's pretty small and but here's the interesting part okay so i come up the steps and i'm filming you know i'm like whoa look at that mother nature is taking it in and you'll you'll want to have the sound up because i have goofy commentary you know through much of my videos we're just talking about things and trying to figure things out and he came up to and he's looking he's like wow yeah that's pretty cool and it looks dangerous and i think he he walked back down at some point and i start to walk by that by that door again which i'd already walked by and i'm looking in there and there's this piece of wood i don't know if it was burned in or it didn't look like graffiti i couldn't tell it said wolf and i was noticing that and that's when i got this feeling now on the video i think i first say oh this feels bad right here but in retrospect, I would not say bad is the word because I wouldn't say that I was creeped out. Otherwise, I would have totally walked out off of there and walked away from the building, which I didn't. I just, I'm still trying to find the proper words for it. Like, the, like half of the time we were still walking around, I was still trying to explain it to myself and to him. I would say it felt thicker. Like everything else was all bright, sunshiny, right? You know, imagine the scene. Oh, this is so zen and light and lovely like a butterfly. And this felt denser. And so we, he had gone around to the back. And he's like, oh, there's a boiler or something like that back there. So I go around to the back. And I wasn't afraid to. So I go around to the back. And, it, and I felt it stronger. And I'm like, that's it. That's where I feel it. And it's, you know, all rusted machinery type of thing. I have no idea what it's for um what that building was for 
you know, and we're checking it out. We do not try to climb in because, again, the rest of what's left of any roof might fall in. I'm like, yeah, this is this is what I'm feeling. And I look behind me, and it's I've looked at overhead maps since then, which I'll probably post as well because I was curious about something that I don't want to spoiler alert yet, so later. Um, just goes off into woods. I, again, I would... I think I used the word, okay, this is the only spot so far that's kind of creepy. And I probably wouldn't spend the night there, but I don't know that it's because I think anything's going to hurt me. It's just like it can be really startling, right? Maybe if I had a bunch of friends. Um, I had a feeling in my chest, it's almost like when you start to anticipate something or maybe you're almost nervous, but I can't call it butterflies because it wasn't in my stomach. It was totally in my chest, in my heart, frankly, it was in my heart. I think I didn't say that to him at the time because, you know, sometimes he worries about me. So I wouldn't say that my heart was racing, but um, then we keep walking because we're like, okay, I still haven't seen this hospital. You know, where is that? Like, where is it? And we walk by over a little bridge and there's the creek. I'm like, oh, this is really pretty, you know. I probably, I think I did another video trying to figure some things out and go by a fence that there are some active buildings that like they're actively being used, which I don't think was true when the ghost hunters were here, but this is something I found out later, okay? Um, but you couldn't go past those. So, okay, we go the other way and it says historic route. Okay, it's gotta be this way. But we had seen like what looked like a smokestack, you know, and I and when we got up there, we realized, oh, we can't go back there. Well, it you know, we go around the corner and he realized it first. He's like, here it is. But I wasn't believing it at first because I had in my head this rectangular 1950s looking, I don't know, just broken down thing. And what I actually saw, you know, we described it as Mediterranean it's beautiful um you know it's got the red roof those ceramic tiles on the roof and stuff i think it was called spanish revival not revival spanish oh i'm um revolution style and i'm still i'm like no 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 that can't be it you know it's beautiful and it's it's not deserted because i couldn't tell when i was first you know when i wasn't up really close he's like yeah it is there's there's broken windows I'm like, no, really, you know? And then we get up closer and I'm like, oh my God, yeah, okay, they are broken windows. I d it didn't realize it at all at first. And then you see some little keep out signs. So there's these beautiful buildings. Oh, please pardon the sirens if you hear those. Um, <laughs> maybe that's appropriate. So there's these beautiful buildings with gazebo-like things. Again, I have video of it. That's one of the longer videos because you'll probably hear me discussing like, what is this? I don't remember this. This is beautiful. <laughs> and we keep walking more straight ahead. He's like, look down here. And then there's the big, big, the main campus. I can't believe how big this campus actually is. And I'm like, okay, that's sort of familiar. There's like a, a metal big tube it looks like it's coming down from one of the windows though and I think I remarked that like wow it's like an emergency thing that you would slide down although it's more like a downspout but it's a giant one like that would be uncomfortable so I don't know what that's for and to the right of it it made me think it might be a chapel because it has a really ornate entrance 
it's a smaller building but and then to the right of that we could see the newer stuff or the stuff that's been fixed that is actually in use like okay so there's that I don't remember any of this you know but the weirdest of all to me was attached to the end of this main big building where someone like my fictional person, well, or non-fictional person, uh, in, in my preface that I wrote for you, might have stayed. There's my 1950s, 60 looking thing. And I'm like, that's, that's what I feel like I remember. And it makes no sense though. Why is this? It looks like it was added on later. I am going to be researching all of this, by the way, which is part of, I wanted to introduce it today though. It is really stuck in my head. I'm a, I'm almost obsessed with it at the moment. And you'll, I'll tell you more why as this goes. Bear with me, bear with me. I'm just telling you this off the top of my head. But part of that, and then I was still confused, like, well, that's probably empty. And he's like, no, there's people there. And then like some people had come out who maybe work there, right? And he's like, see those people over there, they're like on a smoke break. And then I realized, yeah, there's no official tours, but I'm still looking at this other building that's like stuck on and they are attached by the way I figured out that they are attached to the empty building but it's a totally different time frame looking thing you know we get walking up closer and I'm going to tell you right now that that little building creeped is sort of creeped us out in in a sort of way that is not really about ghosts at all and if you watch the video you're you'll hear us talking about it so we're walking around the side of this building like what is the deal with this what is this right trying to figure out what it is and there's a couple of sections we walk by where you see like a fence and at the top he's like i think that's barbed wire i'm like and he's like oh and there's cameras and there it's up kind of close to some windows that i'm like those almost look like little rooms you know you can see you'll see what i mean and it's just barely a little skinny walkway but and there were other fences around too and it's got kind of got that greenish i don't know what you call that you can sort of see through it but you probably know what i mean whatever that's called but i was talking about how like oh well that's probably to keep people out because people come up and tour this all the time there's actually signs throughout the park that say use it your own risk by the way which could probably creep you out like oh use it your own risk and there's some other older buildings again that look like actually little residences to the other side that don't match this building but um he starts pointing something out because he knows some things you know these things called j boxes go watch the video you'll find out what they are and but he points out something about the top right if you think of barbed wire and things like that and I hadn't thought about it. I was focused on something else. He's like, wait, 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 look at the top of those fences. Do you see which way that's facing? And I'm like, what? And he's like, it's pointing in. And I'm like, oh, to keep people from getting out. And he's like, yeah, if, if they wanted to keep us out, it would be pointed the other direction. And he was right. I was like, oh, shit. And then, and so then we're really like, what the hell is this building? who do they need to keep inside and and i'll go ahead and tell you that i i looked it up later after we were done walking around it's a rehabilitation center for like drug addicts and i'm going to tell you right now though that i don't think i would go there of my own free will and be attached 
to a supposedly terribly haunted building stuck at the end of it. I don't think that would help me. And I just had a thought, you might be thinking what I'm thinking, that maybe some of the stories about the, the place could come from, this is one of the reasons I'm going to research too though, is because I don't know exactly when the story started, but because the other part I think closed down around the 50s or sooner. If you have, and I don't want to be indelicate, um, addiction and, and detoxing could possibly account for some people thinking that they've seen or heard things you follow. And there's also the fact that maybe the reasons why they turned to drugs in the first place could have been, you know, and this is one of the things that I want to research. So don't take me at my, like the dates and everything. I haven't done a deep dive yet. And we walked down from there after, you know, I figured out like, oh, it's a rehab center. And they're definitely trying to keep, keep the people inside though, which is interesting. I, I guess maybe if some people are a danger to themselves or to, well, we talked about it and it kind of makes sense, but it still made me kind of sad. I don't know. It was still kind of, it's a little creepy to me, but I suppose there are reasons. We continued walking on down and came across a little spot that had been the cannery. Came back the loop, you know, about round to the parking lot, and I mentioned the cemeteries. I had, I did know, I had looked up the satellite view, I guess you would say, and, and a trail. There are trail websites, like where you can go hiking, uh, Northwest Trails, I think, had mentioned a cemetery. And by the way, this is all off of Hemlock Road, which seems very appropriate, this Hemlock Road. And I said, it looks to me like we could get in the car and drive down the road a little ways and maybe we can drive into the cemetery. And he thought that was great because it was really, it was feeling really hot outside. I mean, the sun is really intense up on these hills and there wasn't really any shade and except in one part. But so I drive down and you barely notice where it is and there was a little chain across i had to turn around and come back and there were definitely standing puddles and it was kind of mushy muddy in there which i looked later and found out about the swampy area okay but i didn't know that at the time and we're like huh he's like are you sure that's it and i'm like look right there a little teeny tiny thing that you wouldn't necessarily see from the road but i was looking for it that mentioned the cemetery there wasn't necessarily a place to park though because they had that chained off and we were kind of sitting on a skinny little shoulder of road but there wasn't hardly any traffic so it was okay I thought about getting out and walking in but he said I could totally blame him I said I was going to blame him for this we didn't because by this time he just wanted to sit down with the air conditioning he's like let's come back another time by the way he's the one who very early on was like is this place open at dark? We should come back, you know, we should come back at night. And I'm like, I'm gonna nope my way right on the nope bus to Nopeville. I don't know about that, buddy. <laughs> nope. I'm noping my ass right out of here. I don't know. I don't know if I could... I say that it wasn't creepy because most of it wasn't. But you know how your mind goes when it gets... And now that I know where the cemetery is... Because it turns out that there's a way to walk to it probably from where the barns are, but he didn't want to get back out and go back in and do that again. So yeah, I get to totally blame him for that. He said, I said, I'm going to blame you. And he said, that's fine. 
because he knew I was recording content maybe for for my Instagram and stuff <laughs> and I'm babbling now I ended up doing this little well it's getting longer because I'm babbling I hope you're not bored I ended up deciding to do this episode because synchronicities and and <sighs> so okay while I was walking around yesterday and I was trying to figure out if we were talking about anything specific and I looked at the timestamp of my videos and I don't think we were necessarily but it was right after going to the barns the very first part of our little tour that I happened to be looking at my phone and you know there's the numbers one 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 it was 111 and I know about that you know I know about different numbers and so-called angel numbers or, or even 444 in fact I think there's a lot of things for a lot of combinations but when they're three in a row like that I was like oh look at that and he's like what and I'm like you know that's supposed to mean that like your angels are watching over you or whatever you believe or good luck and he's like oh cool I hope so right and I've decided to take a screenshot of that for some reason this matters because when I was uploading last night all of my videos and things on my Instagram, and again, that's pinky underscore podcast, and I swear to God, this is not planned, and you'll see that I even posted about this, and I took screenshots. When I was done, I happened to look at my, if you have Instagram, you'll see that it'll tell you how many posts that you have made. And when I was done, like, okay, that's good. I got everything where I wanted. It said 111. I had 111 posts. And this did stand out to me. I was like, oh. So much so that I screenshot it right there and I put it in my stories and everything. I don't know, did I make a post post? But I put it in my stories, which maybe I have to put it back up if it expired. But I have proof. <laughs> I was like, well, that's interesting. And didn't think a whole lot more of it other than in the back of my mind from the trip and from that I thought of how the last two or three weeks or so I have here and there noticed like the 111 or one time I saw it on my cell phone and then it was on my stove clock which if you know how hard it is sometimes to perfectly sync those two things I kind of noted it but then I laughed and I've had a 444 but you know, you don't always, like if it only happens once, you don't think a lot about it. So this morning, I'm up at like 4 a.m. It just is what it is, okay? I'm up at like 4 a.m. And I make my coffee. And one of my favorite things to do on Friday morning is listen to one of my favorite podcasts, which is Oddity Files, which I will direct you to maybe listen to this episode rather than me trying to explain this part of it. But... It's another synchronicity. I'm listening to it. And at one point, Kitsy is talking about tulpas. And I want you to just listen to it. Besides, it's a great podcast. Because I don't want to explain the whole story. It's sad and creepy. And But she mentions these things called tulpas. Which I'm like, oh my god. This is very similar to something that I was trying to explain to my fiance yesterday, which is the concept of egregores and servitors. And I'm like, well, that's interesting that this would come up. So in short, like a servitor, I think is usually within chaos magic. They can be created with sim uh, sigils, 
and it's created for a specific surf, uh, purpose, and they appear to operate autonomously from the magician's consciousness, as if an ind independent being. Like, and I had heard of these a long time ago. You could, you can create them, and an egregore is from the French egregore. <laughs> I might not be pronouncing it the French way. From ancient Greek, egregoros, which means wakeful, is an occult concept representing a distinct non-physical entity that arises from a collective group of people. I had been talking to my man about how, I think I'd been talking about buildings and how sometimes, I was still, I think, trying to talk about that boiler building, how there's residual energy, but I also think that sometimes buildings can almost be alive. And, and I know it sounds like semantics, but like if enough people are putting thought towards something, you can almost make that thing a living thing or give it your own type of residual energy. And I had used the example of the Statue of Liberty was totally an egregore because so many people have so, put so many thoughts and hopes and dreams and energy towards it that it became almost a real goddess, so to speak, if you follow. Tulpas, which I had not heard that particular word, and I think it was more a Hindu thing, was similar to that, something you could create and it might go independent of you and then kind of start doing its own thing if you let it loose. I was like, oh my God. I even tweeted about it to her, <laughs> she, which was cool. And she was like, whoa. Um, and then another thing happened while I was on Twitter. Ann Wilson of Heart, who I don't even follow, Actually, I really liked them a lot, you know, when I was younger, but had, but somebody else had liked it, so you see it. She had tweeted a picture of herself from the 70s, but what stood out to me is she's wearing this little purple heart on a silver type chain, and I'm like, oh my God, that is the exact same sort of thing, not 100% exact, but that I was wearing all day yesterday and I have it on right now and I'm like holding it like it's my special, you know, like people kiss a cross. And I've been doing that today, I realized, when I started really thinking about this after all that. The reason it matters too is because this is not something I usually wear. It's kind of new to me. It was in a candle that was handmade by someone and it wasn't just a cheap trinket in a candle. This is amethyst on a very nice little hoop that um, hangs very beautifully from my little silver chain. And yesterday was the first time I wore it like out and all day long. I think I wore it for a couple of hours once before after I first took it out of the candle, but... So now it's Purple Hearts. Plus, plus Anne's was also purple and on a silver chain. And I'm like, huh. And now Amethyst is can be open your third eye, protection, spiritualism. So definitely by this point, I'm like, okay, I've maybe got, I've definitely got guides or something trying to tell me something. I've got protection. And as I'm thinking through the, all these things this morning, I realized that I kept holding this heart like it was really, really special. And like, it, it's the perfect size to fit on my thumb, you know. I'll, I have a picture of that too. Usually I wear a Hecate pendant. So 
I'm like, okay. Because when you start getting into synchronicities, it's very hard or very easy, pardon me, to start looking much deeper than you should, which I probably have started to do. But one more thing. (laughs) I will note this one. My very first client, somehow we kind of started talking about, I think it's because we were talking about movies and the mafia. My fiance is way into that you know he finds that culture interesting and we were talking about this yesterday okay we were talking about this one of the things we were talking about walking around these grounds so this morning you know first up comes the movies no big deal but then he mentioned that he had grown up next to a guy my client is who's in it he's like you try growing up next to a guy who's in the wikipedia for basically being sort of a famous mobster and i was like what so my client used to live in New York and he lived next to a guy whose house was under FBI surveillance. <laughs> and I, I wrote the name down and I had mentioned a client that I had that was the total stereotype. Anthony, Anthony from Brooklyn. And we think he had mafia ties and he was totally Sicilian and he was a pussycat to me because he liked me. I was his barber. So I don't know whether to count that one in with the rest of these messages that I'm getting, but all of this is to say I have felt very strongly that I deeply need to research this. And a reason that those words came to me that I spoke to you before the music, before all this rambling, is that I felt that when I read the little section, when I looked this up, yesterday afternoon and went way after we had been there and and found out about all of the nameless people in the cemetery some of them just have maybe an initial and you know numbers like 305 i'm looking at it and i'm just like oh god i bet that was their room numbers and but i read this paragraph in the seattle times about that and i was so struck by it and it was so sad and my first thought was these people need a voice And I also thought to myself, that's where the energy would be. Like, I didn't remember anybody. I will go back and watch it, but talking about the graveyard, I don't remember ghost hunters talking about the graveyard. That's where you need to go. There's probably some amateur ghost hunters I can look up that have been there since, but I feel very strongly that I have to do some deep research on this. So I'm basically here giving you a little taste of that. I'm going to look this up and do fully researched podcast on this. Some, someone wrote, uh, they self-published a book, which I just ordered a historian who has some stories about more in a documentary style, if you will, but it's written about the patients and the, the employees and I want to disclose now that regardless of what I read to you in the beginning which can also be true is also true in some respects there is also said to be some very good relationships between former employees and patients so it wasn't all bad okay I don't want to give that impression Um, so I'm going to finish here by telling you that the graves what I know off the top of my head is that probably between the 1920s and the 50s and some of them were cremated And by the way, that was not fiction about the tin cans. That's a fact. They they were found in tin cans later when the state stopped sponsoring any of the burials. The fact that they tried to weight down coffins is a fact. 
there's possibly 700 of those coffins and the cremated ones you know either in tin cans and then tried to they tried to bury them later some of them no no one ever came to claim them which also is something when i was talking about the cemetery yesterday to my fiance he was like i wonder why they're buried there didn't any didn't they have a family well there we go he was right they nobody came for them i think that's super sad and i think that i don't know if I don't know if I'm being led to research this to try to find their story. I don't know if anybody can because the records were destroyed, but I thought this place was a lot more famous and it seems like it's not. So maybe I'm just here to remind people about it. Maybe I'm just here to remind people that there are all of these anonymous patients that we don't even know why a lot of them died but I want to put it back in the consciousness that somebody needs to remember them. I'm happy to report too that apparently, and it might have answered some of my questions about why it doesn't look the way I remember it, or at least from, from who knows when I watch the video again. A, a company called Swift purchased it. The article I'd read was 2017. And they may actually restore a bunch of it, which makes me so happy because the buildings are beautiful. It's listed on the historic, it's registered with historic landmarks. But you know, you still need to do something for it so they don't fall in. The buildings themselves are very sturdy. They really don't look all of that broken down from the outside, but the inside is what needs help. And I guess the main building has a lot of long, creepy, twisty hallways, and there's still things from back when it was the mental hospital, and that's what creeps people out. Anyway, I'm not gonna, uh, Swift, by the way, is not a bad company. They're, Bill Gates is actually donated to them. They're doing some kind of groovy research. Google that if you like, or wait for me to do the next episode when I get some research done. Probably not the very next episode, but I think, that's all I was going to tell you today. Um, I just, I think I'm also getting other messages maybe about myself through these synchronicities, but I, I just am compelled. I've been thinking, uh, just dwelling on this ever since, ever since yesterday, that these 1,500 people approximately, and by the way, the headstones, ironically, they were worried about the bodies coming up but they're little brick-sized headstones, so they're place markers that don't even really have their names on them, sank. So there's only a handful of them that you can even see, apparently. They, they have tried to, but there's been floods there. It's swampy and muddy. Uh, it's, it's, they've had cows graze over it, apparently. They have tried to maybe pull them back up. There's one headstone that is said to actually have a name on it. I have not seen this yet. I, I do want to go back sometime. I read one brief account where somebody did actually go in there and she said she immediately felt nauseous and that her boyfriend refused to even come closer. Which when I read that, I'm like, I totally believe it because I'm think I immediately had thought to myself, that's where all the energy must be collected. Why is nobody talking about this? especially ghost hunters. And I probably will Google and find out that some people have talked about it. So I want, I hope that you will stay tuned. Northern State Hospital, AKA Northern State Asylum, 
Northern State Mental Hospital, Northern State Recreational Area, in Sidro Woolley, about 90 minutes or so north of Seattle. I want these nameless people in your thoughts because no one is no one is speaking for them and so I just want to put them out there I want to start I don't know I want to start something uh, I I'm not sure what other than I want people to think about them I guess and this went a lot longer than I expected. It's almost a full episode of its own, and I hope you don't mind me just sitting here and speaking totally off the cuff, no really prepared notes other than that beginning part that I wanted to... I wrote that, and I wanted to read it to you. I hope, I hope you uh, stayed with me to listen to that. I'm kind of feeling emotional about it. So I'm going to do some deep research i'm going to read that book i don't know when i will record episode or possibly episodes about it if there's no files about it at all i don't know that i can find anything about specific patients but i at least want to tell you sometime about the history of it and when it was built etc thank you for listening please light a candle or say a prayer, whatever it is that you believe in, spare a thought for approximately 1,500 mental patients who never left that asylum, not really, except some of them in tin cans. Please spare them a thought. Um, Yeah, I find myself really moved by this and... Thank you for listening and go to my Instagram for some of the videos and I'm going to be posting some more like maybe um, satellite type photos so you can kind of get an idea of the area and I will see you, I was going to say, see you on the socials, Pod Pinky on Twitter if you'd like to talk to me or ask me about this or if you have any knowledge of this area that I'm talking about, love to hear from you. Also, sroyt at pinkysquarepress.com. And you can also send me any of your other stories, but definitely if you have anything to relate about Northern State Hospital, oh, please, please, please write to me. Please write to me. And with that, I think that we will wrap this one up Thank you for sticking with me this far if you did. Uh, And if you did, maybe tell your friends who might be interested in this. Oh, and again, pinky underscore podcast for the Instagram stuff. I'm probably all over the place. Uh, This has really got me some kind of way. Maybe you can tell. I don't know. It's really got me some kind of way. I'm... I don't even know if I understand all of my feelings about this right now. And I don't think I realized how much I was going to feel about this while I was there yesterday but it's I don't think I've been affected this way in a very long time so thank you for listening and I'll catch you later thanks for listening to Pinkie Pod Pa.